Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in January of 2023. And welcome to episode 97, What Makes Your Math Class Different? I think I know the answer to that for you. And I think (laughs) you might know the answer for that to me, but we will share our thoughts about that today. Yes. First, we want to give a shout out to a listener who tweeted something about, remember when I talked to you about the Factress game? I was like, oh my God, I know you love Tetris. And yeah. so you're going to, did you ever download that? I did. I did play it. Yes. Okay. It is addictive, isn't it? it totally is. It reminded me a lot of Tetris. Right? Yeah. So we want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Alicia Smith, 1230. That's cool. Cause I thought I was thinking maybe it was going to be one, two, three, four. She tweeted back in November, Karina, discovered discovered this great game, listening to the wonderful podcast, aw, thank you, at Laura and Karina, listen, learn, and play. So if you have not found the Factress game, uh, look on Mathagon site. I'll link it in the show notes for you. Nice. I know. She tweeted that so long ago, it kind of got... Well, with the holidays and stuff, I think it just we kind of lost it in all of that. But there it was. We found it. So thank you. Thank you, Alicia. (laughs) Thank you and sorry. (laughs) So I wanted to reflect a little bit on our episode from last week. Me too. Oh, yay. About chat GPT. One interesting point that has been made uh, that I wanted to discuss was you know, a lot of districts are considering or have already blocked chat GPT. Uh-huh. And with that, you know, the question of inequities comes up because if for those who have access at home to the yep. internet, they will have access to chat GPT at home. And for those who don't, now they're, now it's like a further divide. It's an interesting thing to think about, you know, whether or not it should be blocked. I, I feel like it's out there. <laughs> it's out there. We need to learn how to deal with it as opposed to just let's just block it, right? Mm-hmm. There's, you know, I even saw a friend of or a teacher friend of mine sent me a TikTok video where they could actually copy and paste everything from ChatGPT, put it into this web browser. I don't even know what the website was. When you put it in, it said, like, yes, this was an AI that typed it. But then you, you could gener- regenerate it and like paraphrase it. And then when you put it in back again, it said, no, this was a human person who made, who wrote oh. it, which is false. God. So like, here's the tech again, right? Here's the yep. tech technology that is just constantly growing and evolving. And we're going to have to figure out a better way because what we're doing, we, it has to disrupt education. It has to. It's going to. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's got to re. It has to make us reevaluate again what we value. Like, mm-hmm. where I'm back to this, where we have to think about what do we truly value in education? What is it that is it, like? What's the purpose? And how are we getting there? Because things are changing, and we need to we need to adapt. And you know, know, it's going to be rapid soon. It's going to be 
extremely rapid. Like you said, it just started in November of 2022, but we know technology uh, goes at an exponential rate. So one thing that I saw, and I'm pretty sure it was on Twitter and I should have taken a screenshot and I didn't how, and I don't even know if it was directly related to chat GPT or AI or something, but one of the professors was like, well, then I'm going back to Scantrons and Blue Books. Do you know what a Blue Book is? I don't. So I, I didn't have this either in college, but it was basically just blank paper inside a cover that was blue. So you would just put your name and date and whatever on the front, but so that the kids would now have to write in class, yeah. handwrite, <laughs> handwrite in class, yeah. right? And somebody said, going back to oral exams. Right. Well, and that's what we had talked about, right? Uh Like, let me sit next to a child and have a conversation and I will know what they know. I I mean, it it really is that easy. So (laughs) I feel like the pendulum is swinging back towards, quote, old technology, right? Right. Where, and you know what? At this, I'm totally going to squirrel here and say it really bothers me right now where my son is in college and two of his classes are in person and two of them are online. Why? He's actually there. It's not like it's a night class for us working folks, right? If we have a job right. all day. Like his job right now, besides you know, his side job, but his job right now is school, is college. Right. Why do we have so many online courses? That just, so I'm I'm swinging back to the, let's have in-person classes so that, oh, I don't know, maybe, oh, and with a professor, not a TA and not have 500 kids in a class. I mean, oh my gosh, I just feel like I totally just went down this rabbit hole, but colleges, it I feel like it's just a money-making machine now. Oh, it totally. I mean, hello, yeah. even elementary school. I mean, that's all that's all testing is. Let's be real. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the kids. That's that's sure as heck. A hundred percent sure. It's definitely not better for teachers. Nope. I mean, I don't have time to teach because I'm testing so much. So it has nothing to do with that. The data is, I mean, this year, at least it'll, it's going to give me, at least it'll be more um, on time, but it's still, what am I going to do with it? Nothing. Nothing. And I can't even compare it to anything from last year because it's a completely different test with completely different standards or benchmarks. You don't even get to see the questions. And I don't get to see the questions. So what is the point? It's not, it's not about us. It's not about teachers. It's not about kids. It's not about anything other than money. That's it. Okay. You and I, let's take a breath. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. All right. Good news. Let's go on to good news. I I was just going to say, listeners, we both had kind of rough days. So (laughs) we did. We did. What's your good news? Okay. Well, it has to do with my daughter. So of course it's my kids that bring me bring me some good news. She's in third grade and she asked me, she's like, I just love regrouping. She's 
she says, so will you give me a problem that has some regrouping? And I'm like, okay. So of course, what do I do? I give her 1,000 minus 998, right? So of course, I purposefully made those very, very, very close wait, because I wanted to see. I, wait, yeah. I think I was laughing during that. So 1,000 minus yeah. 998. Please tell me what she did. Okay. So she she was so excited when she saw it. She's like, ooh, I know what to do. And I'm thinking, oh, God, she's she's going to regroup right through all those zeros. And she's going to re- – nope. She did constant difference. She did minus one and minus one. And I was like, I didn't even know she knew that. I was so excited that she – she's like, I love doing this. And she's just minus one, minus one. So I have 999 minus 997. She's like, that's two. And I was like, that's awesome. I said, wait, 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 wait. wait. Did she stack them? Um, Did she she stack them them vertically? I think she just like, she, she just rewrote them and then she, yeah, so she did, but she, but she she was, I mean, she was just right. Yes, she did. Yeah. She, she like knew exactly what to do and then she just wrote it. Right. (gasps) Um, but then it was funny because then we had a conversation. Well, 998 is really, really close to 1,000, right? Could we just have counted up? And she's like, oh, yeah, we could have done that too. <laughs> and then she's like, give me another one. So I was telling her about how some kids, you know, when they do – I was just showing her when some kids do like 13 minus 8, they actually regroup the 13 with the 1 and they just rewrite it as 13. And she looks at me she's like – that's so silly. It's already 13. Why would you do that? And I said, exactly. Right. And she said, Ooh, but I could do something. And I'm like, Ooh, what could you do? And so she goes, well, I could subtract four from 13 and then I get nine and then I could subtract four from eight and get four. So it's nine minus minus four and that's five. And I'm like, Oh, again, she did constant difference without calling it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now I, was, I want to I was her, really excited. I I thought you were going to say you gave her a problem something like 1098 minus something. So she'd have to regroup some but not all of it. I'll try so I'll try some of that and see what happens next. But I was just yeah. so excited. I did not know that she knew constant difference. So I was so excited because I that's what I, I've been trying to get my students to see and recognize. And ooh, we're not there yet, but I, it was exciting that my daughter was. So, so that was a good day. So that was, that was uh, like I said, I was happy about that. It was quite, yeah, it was nice to see that, yeah, it does. Some kids do use the strategy. That's awesome. Now, yeah. how did that teacher learn it? Or did you teach it to Alex? No, nope, I didn't the teach teacher, it to her. Yep. The teacher taught yep. it? Mm-hmm. Now I want to know more about this teacher. Like, did she do it in a number talk? Did she explicitly teach the strategy? Did the kids come up with it on her own? I have so many questions now, right? <laughs> well, I, I also have some good news. Listeners, mm-hmm. I know you've all been waiting for this information. I finally got the 16 Figuring Out Fluency books. They have arrived. Woo-hoo! And I talked to my principal yesterday about what I wanted to do, and we came to a consensus and a little compromise, which is good. So thank you, Amy. I can't send out the email until after this upcoming Saturday, because this Saturday, my school is having their 80th birthday bash, like our 80-year anniversary. So we are all in 
80s mode. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> we're not thinking wow. about anything else. I mean, other than teaching children too, but we're, we're all on that. So I'm like, I'll save it for next week. Maybe Tuesday is a good day to send it out. Not even Monday. Let everybody breathe. Oh, and listeners, yeah. I did go to the FCTM board of directors meeting this past weekend, but I did not go to Disney. I did say I <laughs> Even though I was literally down the street from it. Down the street. I'm actually, I'm quite shocked. I thought you were going to go. I really did. I well, thought you were going to say did, you went. I did meet Christian, my son, who goes to UCF. We met uh, Saturday night for dinner. And I, I, he, I think he said to me something about going to Disney. And I was like, let's go. And he said, no, I'm in my SeaWorld shirt because he works at SeaWorld. And it was the temperature was dropping. And I was like, well, and first of all, I said, well, you didn't wear just that today, did you? And he said, no, I had my jacket on. But I said, well, I have an extra shirt upstairs. And he goes, no, I'm really tired. So I was like, all um, right. So we, we would have, but he didn't. And that's okay. I went back to the hotel. I did some texting. I did some Facebooking. And then I went to sleep early because I was wiped. I'm sure. Okay. So let's get into it. What makes your math class different? Well, well okay. Obviously, the obvious answer there is building thinking classrooms. I mean, that was one on my list as well. That's obvious. That's that's thanks to thanks to you, Laura, for introducing that to me. But that has revolution, and that's what I say all the time. It has revolutionized the way I I teach math. That I that we do math in my class. That is. Without a doubt, the biggest thing that makes makes my classroom different than previous, you know, previous years that I've taught and and classrooms that are in the same building as me next door and across the hall, right? It's it's BTC all the way. It's a game changer. So listeners, Completely. if you have not heard of Building Thinking Classrooms, I really, really, really encourage you to go to the Corwin website and get the executive summary. And I'll link that to the show notes too. We've done that before, but I'm going to do it again because that just gives you a little taste of what the whole book is about, but also gives you like a good understanding of why, I I think it does, why we're so, you and I and all of our other friends that do BTC, why we are so excited. It it literally transformed the way that I taught math. You know, the year that we went out on COVID. So 2019, 2020, where I was a fifth grade teacher of record in addition to being the math coach. Um, I mean, oh, I that was the one year I wish they took the state test. <laughs> and that was the one year we didn't take it because I wanted to see the difference between my kids' scores and the other classes' scores, right? Right. Never got that opportunity, but I know that they would have soared way above the other kids. I just know it. Right. So something else that makes my class different is my, one of my cute little sayings, right? And the one that I had on my mask, build, draw, write, think, and talk. Yeah. That's something that I try to make sure that I follow my own motto of letting the kids do the building, letting the kids do the drawing, letting the kids do the writing, letting the kids, here's the two most important parts, do the thinking and do the talking, not yeah. me. And I know that's way different than other people in the building or around the district or around the state or around the world, right? Agreed. 
yeah, just let them do the talking. Don't don't say again, back to never say anything a kid could say, right? Like let them let them say it. Let them say it's way more meaningful. Yep. Another thing for me is is homework. I never ever give homework. I mean, I would okay, wait. <laughs> let me finish that sentence. Traditional. But I would I would I, I have to give homework. I would if I could, I would not give homework at all. But I never so let me finish the sentence. I never give homework that is of the same day, the material of the same day. And I right. would call that also traditional homework, right? Right, right. Here, sure. Here. Yeah. Do do the word problems, do the things at the bottom of the page, do the other worksheet, right? Of the right, same right. day. Yeah. Yeah. So that never happens. So I always go back to review. It's always review in my class. And it might even be like review of a week or two ago, but it's still review. It's never, it never is, this is what we're doing in class. Now you go do it at home. Never. And something I think um, along those lines is something different that I do is I don't go page by page in a textbook. (laughs) Oh, I have that one too. No textbook. (laughs) Right? And we, you and I both know there are pieces, pockets, little mini pockets of good questions in the textbook, but we have to be very, very selective. Totally. Yeah. I I will tell you that my textbooks are sitting on the side of my room in you know in a stack. Now I do use I actually do use them for homework. Like I'll rip the pages out that I that I do like of, of you know of the some things that they have. Uh, now that doesn't mean that I'm not using the questions during that day. I am we've talked about this for our textbook series there's a question that you know the kids are supposed to do the talking about and trying to figure out so it's called solve and share that's usually the question I use for my building thinking classroom question just because okay. then it introduces kind of introduces the topic and gives them something to think about you know and leads it into our discussion of of that day so I do use the textbook, so it's not that I don't use it. It's just it's not in their hands. It's I'm selective with what I use. I'm not I, like you said. I'm not doing a page by page. We're not doing number one. If you open their textbooks, you would see it's all blank. Right. Like there's nothing written in it. Yeah. Right. Okay. What's another one for you? Something else you do differently in your class? I I think consistently is number sense routines. Now those number sense routines might look different. Uh, based on the month, based on even the year. Last year, I did a lot of Steve Wyborny's Cube Conversations. And this year, I, after seeing like what my son has been doing in middle school, I've, I've actually been doing a lot of Solve Me Mobiles because I see how important it is for them to understand that there's, you know, the equal sign isn't, and again, it's not an operation. It's, it's, this has the same value as this. And I'm using my hands right here. I'm, I'm Laura-ing. <laughs> <laughs> the left side has the same value as the right side. So that's, I, I've been trying to kind of really get that into their heads because I know I'm trying to prepare them for next for next year. I'm literally laughing because I used Solve Me Mobiles today. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had the sub for a third grade class and we were talking about balancing equations. And I was like, yeah. first thing that popped in my mind was solve me mobiles. Right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That was a hot mess with the third grade class I was with. But, you know, eventually some of the children, I think we got to like puzzle five. And I was like, okay, let's move on. Cause the majority of the class had, yeah. they didn't get it. They did not get it. So when you were talking about number sense routines, the the things that came into my mind were um, Esther Mysteries, because I use those yes. all the time. So thank you, Steve, for putting those out when I'm covering for SBT on Fridays. Whatever grade level I'm with, that's almost always the first things I pop up is Esther Mysteries. And yeah, I for sure. use the estimation clipboard for Wonder Wednesday. Yes. Right. How's that going? It's going. And I'm, (laughs) when we came back, I started a new one and it was dice in a bowl. And you can't, you can't see the, the size of the bowl or dice in a cup. I don't even remember. I think it's a cup now, but it's a really wide one. So the kids all think that it's just what you see in the front and it's practically double. So I'm on the third one out of four. So this week I will, uh, I'll see if their number sense is getting any better, but it's, it, it's so interesting though, because the same classes do it every week, you know, because I can Uh see which names and, and I also thank the teachers you know, over the announcements, I say, thank you to the following classes who participated. And then I'll read off the teacher's names. And then the kids that got the correct range, because now I'm I'm giving them ranges, I say right. their names. So that that's also super exciting for them. Because like one of the kids saw me today and he was like, oh, Miss Tomas. And I said, yep, I said your name today on the announcement. Oh, right? That's cute. That's <laughs> he, cute. He was so excited. So yeah. The, another one that I wrote down was low floor, high ceiling tasks, because not every mm. classroom does this, mm-hmm. right? So I'm thinking yeah. of things like open middle or questions from that purple book that I love, which I think the new edition is green. So I should probably stop calling it the purple book, but my edition, the good questions for math teaching. Yeah. I gave the one question when we came back from winter break and I had to sub for two days for the math class for the accelerated math teacher. And the first question I said was the difference of two numbers is five. What are the numbers? And I was like, give me five equations. Yeah. Okay. That was a hot mess. I was like, just after like one minute of them staring at each other, just give me one equation. That's fine. Thank you. And that was still a hot mess, but that like questions like that, where there's multiple answers those are yeah. some of my favorite questions to use with with classes because they just it's amazing, you know? Right. Yeah. Such rich discussions we have once we get all the information up. Yeah. I remember you telling me about that one. That is a good question. It is. Did I tell you that one kid tried to, t- to subtract three numbers? No. And it the difference was 5. It was I think he he put like 10 minus 3 minus 2. And I said, while that's true, you didn't follow the rule where it said two numbers. Right. Right. So I was like, great thinking. I loved it, but you didn't stay within the parameters. <laughs> right. Ooh, that was good. The The last thing I wrote was I, you know, with COVID, it might 
I was thrown off and I felt like I had to write notes all the time, especially for my kids that were hybrid, that were at home, that I was had in class and it was hard for them to have everything. So notes were something that kind of came back. Oh, it's reared its ugly head in my room. And then last year I was like, I got to get away from that. So this year I've really like thrown that in the garbage and there is, right, there's no, there's no notes. And so what I've done also, I actually was just telling my kids today, I said, my notebook is on Google Classroom. If you want to look at it, you can. Like, there it is. If you want to read something and study from something, it's there for you. So yeah. have at it, you know. But to have them copy, and it's just such a waste of time. And, and, and again, building thinking classrooms in that book, it explains all the reasons why it's, it's just not – it's studenting, kids are studenting and not thinking. And right. we just, want to maximize their thinking time. Right. They're just copying and mimicking. That's all they're doing yeah. when they're copying your notes. And, and they're not keeping up and they don't know. And and I've seen that. I've I've seen that in other areas where we've had to take notes. They're not paying attention. They're just trying to keep up with me. Yep. That's all they're doing. Yep. So it's just not useful. Well, this was fun to talk about. I can't wait to see what other people say, how their math classrooms are different, right? Even though I'd love to put that as a challenge, you know that's not what I'm going to say for the challenge. <laughs> the challenge <laughs> is going to be to help us with our episode 100, fill out the Google form that's on Twitter and on our website and in the show notes. We yes. want to know your funniest or most memorable teaching moment. I, I really, I can't wait to, I haven't even opened up the Google sheet. I don't want to yet because I want people, I want to like see it all at once, right? Because I yeah. want to laugh hysterically. There's, I need a good laugh. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun episode. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learning through math. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.